welcome to the All Things AFib podcast. This is your host, Dr. Armin Kionkui, and I am a practicing cardiothoracic surgeon who specializes in the treatment of atrial fibrillation. Throughout my career, I've been blessed to work side by side with some of the brightest minds in atrial fibrillation treatment, diagnosis, and prevention. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to share those insights with you by giving you a front row seat to intimate conversations with AFib experts from around the world. So turn up the volume, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations. Thanks for listening. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the All Things AFib podcast. This is your host, Dr. Armin Kionkui. In this episode, we're going to do things a little differently. I do not have a guest for this episode because I want to highlight some of the work that we've been doing at St. Helena at our surgical center here at St. Helena Hospital. So the first paper, so we're just going to jump right into it. So the first paper I'm going to highlight is a paper that we published in 2022 in Innovations. And this was a paper that explored our study, uh, which is called the Layla study, or the left atrial appendage ligation using the atriclip device, a single center study of device safety and efficacy. And what we were trying to accomplish with this study was basically to figure out how well the atriclip device works. So up to this point, there were some retrospective studies, some small prospective studies, But essentially, we wanted to express what kind of a real-world experience would be with experienced surgeons who were placing the atriclip both in the thoracoscopic or VATS application as well as in the open application. So let's go ahead and get into the study. So what we did is we had patients who had undergone cardiac surgery whether it was a VATS maze or whether it was an open surgical maze. And so we asked our research team to go ahead and start calling patients where it had been at least one year since their index cardiac operation. And we asked them simply if they would come back to St. Helena and undergo a transesophageal echo So we could see and compare whether their index echo at the time of their operation, so the TEE at the time of their operation, whether it was open cardiac surgical or whether it was a VATS maze, we wanted to see how a follow-up TEE, so the same modality, at least one year later, how that would express the ligation of the left atrial appendage with an atriclip. In other words, did the atriclip move? Was there device-related thrombus? Were there pouches that we missed? What was going on, essentially, with the atriclip that we placed at least one year ago? So the research team, without our influence, called 100 patients one by one, or they called patients up until 100 patients, and ask them if they would come back, and they did, and they consented for a TEE. Now, ultimately, the results represent 97 patients, because of those 100, three patients actually had a prophylactic left atrial clip placed, because 
of high risk of postoperative atrial fibrillation due to high CHAS VAS score. So three of those patients were omitted from the analysis. So basically we had 97 patients that were analyzed. Some demographic information about those patients. So on average, they were 69 years old. Most of them were male. Most patients had longstanding persistent atrial fibrillation. The average CHADS VASC score was 2.4. The average left ventricular ejection fraction was about 50%. Most patients had hypertension, about 25% had coronary disease, 25% had heart failure, about 10% had diabetes, and about 10% had a prior stroke, and about 5% of patients had a prior major bleed. Now, within this group, prior to the atriclip placement, 78% had pre-op oral anticoagulation use. So what did we find? So basically, it's important to note that of the 97 patients, 69 patients underwent a VATS maze, so orthoracoscopic placement of the atriclip. 11 patients had open surgery with a mitral, seven patients had a cabbage, three patients had a tricuspid, two patients had isolated aortic valve, two patients actually had a VATS maze with lobectomy, and two patients had a mitral valve but a thoracoscopically placed left atrial clip, and then one patient had an isolated open maze. If you look at our follow-up, so the frequency of our distribution of follow-up TEE, that's figure four in our paper. Basically, like I said, all patients had at least one year of follow-up since their initial index operation, but the mean follow-up was 685 days or 1.87 years. So minimum, so the total range was 366 days all the way out to 1,693 days. And here's what we found. So in figure five, that's kind of our, our highlight, high yield figure. And this was our CLIP success. So most importantly, how did we define failure? So failure was defined as a residual left atrial pouch of one centimeter or greater. And that's kind of a consensus definition, not something we made up that's been in the literature for a while. The absence of a device-related thrombus, so thrombus at the base of the left atrial appendage, or flow into the appendage, meaning beyond the atriclip. So for those patients who had one to two-year follow-up, that was 62 patients. 60 patients had successful left atrial exclusion with the atriclip. So 60 out of 62 there was a single 35 millimeter clip failure of 1.1 centimeters and a single 35 millimeter clip failure of 1.4 centimeters. For patients who at least had two years of follow-up, there were 25 of those patients. 23 out of those 25 were successful. Again, there were two failures. One 35 millimeter clip was a 2.1 centimeter pouch, and I'll talk about that a little more here in a second. 
and there was another 35 millimeter clip failure of 1.4 centimeters. At three-year follow-up, there were six patients. They were all successful. And at four-year follow-up or beyond, again, three patients, all successful. When you look at the method by which the clip was applied, so we had 74 patients who had a VATS clip applied. 70 out of 74 were successful, or 95%. We had 23 patients who had open placement of the clip, and all 23 of those were successfully applied. So in summary, out of 97 patients, we had four total failures that were only defined by a pouch greater than one centimeter. We had no device-related thrombus, and we had no flow beyond the clip into the appendage. What's also really important to note is that we had no migration of the atriclip. So there's this question of when you place the atriclip, does it move over time? And this study definitively shows in a prospective manner that the atriclip does not move. What's also really interesting and important to note is that at the time of this study, only 5% of patients were on oral anticoagulation. So the majority of patients, 95% of patients were not on oral anticoagulation, and we had zero device-related thrombus. I think that's a really important point. What's also interesting is the four failures. So the pouch is greater than one centimeter. None of those patients were on oral anticoagulation and none of those patients had a device-related thrombus. And most important, clinically, no patients reported a CVA, so a stroke or a TIA, upon questioning when they came back for their TEE. So what does that teach me? Well, number one, that the only failures were in the VATS group, and all four failures were 35-millimeter clips. But importantly, none of those patients were on oral anticoagulation and none of them suffered from a stroke. Now, is this a prospective, double-blind, um, randomized control study? No, it is not. But it is a prospective study looking at what happened to our surgical population. I think the take-home points of this study are as follows. Number one, we all know that managing the left atrial appendage in cardiac surgical patients at the time of operation will likely be a class one indication moving forward based on the recently published Laos 3 study, which was the randomized control study with the um, outcome finding of a significant reduction in post-operative stroke in patients who had their left atrial appendage managed at the time of cardiac surgery um, in the setting of AFib. So with that randomized control study, it's very, very likely that in the next iteration of the guidelines, managing the left atrial appendage will be a class one indication. Now in that study, what's really important is they highlighted that there were several methods by which people managed the left atrial appendage. And a very small percentage of those patients actually had their left atrial appendage managed with an atrial clip. 
So I think this study is very appropriate and timely because it's further information that tells us that if you manage the left atrial appendage with an atriclip, that it has a high success rate based on standard definitions, and it appears that it can prevent stroke without the use of oral anticoagulation. Now, I understand that Atricure cannot make that statement because they do not have a trial that speaks to stroke indication with the Atriclip. However, this study would suggest that that's possible. The other points that are important, so not just clinical stroke, but that the atriclip does not migrate, that the failures were only at a 35 millimeter clip. And I think what that might suggest is that if you're choosing between a 35 and a 40, let's say, and you have a patient with significant epicardial fat, maybe upsized to the 40. That's really the only kind of suggestion I have with this data. Even though the majority of clips that were placed were 35 millimeters and the majority of them were successful, that may be one thing to kind of take away from the study. The other thing that we learned was you may be asking, okay, well, you guys had a 2.1 centimeter pouch. How'd that happen? Well, I think there's a couple explanations for that. Number one, unfortunately, that pouch was not noticed at the time of surgery. And that really, I think, comes down to the fact that you have to be disciplined in allowing your echocardiographer to actually image the appendage appropriately. And I think one subtle point that we don't give enough attention to is the appendage looks different before the pericardium is opened compared to after. And why this is important, both in open cardiac surgery and in thoroscopic cardiac surgery where you're managing the left atrial appendage, often the echocardiographer will determine the shape and size, the presence of thrombus, all that sort of thing at the very beginning of the case before any incision is made, let alone when, before the pericardium is opened. So your echocardiographer may have a great view at the beginning, but then after you apply the clip, they may not be able to get those same views. Or even while you're applying the clip, they may not be able to get those same views. So it's very important to be patient and to allow your echocardiographer to get a great view of the appendage after the pericardium has been opened and while you're manipulating the atriclip into position. So all that to say we simply missed the pouch the first go around, and so that pouch was obviously still there the second go around because the clip doesn't move. Now you may be asking, well, why did you have such a big pouch to begin with? Well, I think there's two points to that. Number one, we made an error in placement of that single clip. So out of 97 patients, there was a technical error. We didn't place the clip down at the bottom. There wasn't an extra exposed lobe or anything, but we just didn't have good effacement of the clip at the base. So that's a technical error. Those things are going to happen. But I think there's also a subtle point, which is there may be a component of the endocardial base of the left atrial appendage that in rare and select patients cannot be completely excluded epicardially. 
Now, is there a way to determine that before you operate? Not to our knowledge, but that'll be something that'll be interesting to kind of think about and analyze moving forward. So I really think those are the highlights of this paper. Again, just to kind of summarize really the highlights, number one, there were zero clinical strokes with the application of the atriclip. 95% of patients were off oral anticoagulation and did not suffer a stroke. No patient had a device-related thrombus. There was no clip migration. And even in those patients who had small pouches, there is no device-related thrombus or stroke. And then finally, goes without saying that the clip was completely hemostatic in that there was zero flow beyond the clip into the remnant left atrial appendage after the clip had been placed. So I hope you enjoyed my review of this paper that we published in Innovations. It's called the Layla Study, or otherwise known as the left atrial appendage ligation using the atriclip device, single center study of device safety and efficacy. So thanks so much for listening to this uh, episode on the, our Layla study. I hope to bring you further episodes about our other publications that are coming out at St. Helena. I think we're doing some really good work here and I'd love to continue to share that with all of you. So I'd like to thank all my co-authors, Bing Liam, Dr. Dunnington, Carolyn Pierce, Dr. Eisenberg, Shelley Burke, Dr. Kaiser, Dr. Lyons, and Dr. Huber for their contributions to this paper. All right, hope you enjoyed this episode. Till next time, stay regular, my friends. All right, well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the All Things AFib podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, you can catch more content at our website, allthingsafib.com, and check out our Twitter feed, at allthingsafib. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, stay regular, my friends. And now time for the obligatory disclaimer. All content on allthingsafib.com, including podcasts and blog conversations, are meant for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical care, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. If you have a medical condition, you should seek out a medical professional for consultation. Any use of information from allthingsafib.com or its associated content is at the user's own risk.